Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Castanari-King. And today I have Todd Casey from Reading, Connecticut. Welcome, Todd. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on the show. So I uh, found out about your work by a good friend of mine on Instagram who put up this lovely cover, deliciously (laughs) tantalizing cover of your new book, The Art of Still Life. And let me finish that. A Contemporary Guide to Classical Techniques, Composition, and Painting in Oil. And right away... I went to order one, uh, which took a little bit of time. I think um, I think you sold out pretty quickly. Is that right? Yeah. What they did was um, so much of everything was the weird. I don't even know if you would call it perfect storm, but <laughs> the the book came out February eighteenth, uh, and then two weeks. Or, yeah, and then two weeks later is yeah. is when everything closed. So yeah, I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it had to do with timing and people were forced to go indoors and then buy books and uh, the book market I think is, is booming right now. So Yeah. Well, this this um, delightfully exceeded my expectations a hundredfold. It's Thank just um, a wealth of knowledge and a large hardcover book and so it was well worth the wait for me. So we'll yeah. get to that and I understand you just wrapped up another book, am I right? Just... Yeah, I actually just wrapped up two books. Um, wow. Yeah, so Monticelli Press, um, Victoria Craven is the editor over there. She kind of runs the whole shop and um, very, very small team. I think it's maybe four people. Wow. So she's she was basically like, well, if you're going to write another book, you should probably do it within a year or two because it takes a year of production and then to keep people interested in what you have to say. And uh, for me at the time, I was like, okay, well, I don't have anything to do. Yeah. <laughs> Coronavirus, everything got canceled, so... Uh. So right. I had, yeah. So she had asked me to give her a proposal for maybe, uh, you know, the best idea, and I gave her a proposal. I think for five books, way too ambitious at the time. That's all right. And then she, um, she said, "Well, give us, give me one." That and Monticelli, I think, had just got bought out by Fiden, so she was like, "It's a bigger market now for us, and you know, probably a lot more that we can do with the book." And yeah. it was like, okay, so it, it basically started to think of like what else would I want to teach you know still life is kind of like my genre yeah um, but I teach two classes online at the Academy of Art University in San yeah. Francisco okay one of them is called analysis of form and the second one is called color, color fundamentals okay and I thought drawing book and a color book would probably be the the next logical steps to kind of get back into the basics and do a very very thorough book so sure. I proposed uh, like I said, I proposed, I think, five. She said, give me one. And I said, uh, how about color? And she said, that's the one I would pick. <laughs> Perfect. Wow. Oh, that's exciting. So do you have a, an estimation of when that will be out? Yeah. Um, I think we're shooting for spring 2022. Uh, nice. They're always a year in advance. Yeah. So so I then had the difficult task of writing it, um, which was never enough time. These books are... I wish I had more time always, but I am pretty happy with the artist of life. Right. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, this is the crazy part. The editor from my first book, The Artist of Life, was a, he was, he's an editor and writer for the drink market, Drinkology. He, he wrote a book called Drinkology. Oh, okay. Yeah, so James Waller is his name, and um, he, he basically, when we were working on the book, I said... Um, would you ever want to do a cocktail book in a recipe? Like I do the paintings and you do the recipe. And it was like, Todd, that's a fantastic idea. But we'll get to it when we're done with this book. Uh, and so I had, uh, we proposed at about the same time. I was like, I'm bored, COVID time. Like, let's put it all out there. Yeah. And um, we had an agent shopping it. And for good or for better or worse, both proposals were accepted within like two weeks of each other. 
Wow. And I just was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that never happens. Now you got to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, I so. saw those some of those paintings on your Facebook page, and they were... They were so fun. I, I just yeah. uh, such a beautiful cross of of something you know fun and and light and yet so beautifully artistically rendered. Thank um, you. But let's go back. I, I always like to get a synopsis, and you have quite a circuitous path to where you are now. So let's mm-hmm. hit a little bit of that. But um, I always find it really interesting to find out what your earliest. Um, Anything you can remember from childhood, your very first dabblings in anything artistic? As a sure. Child. I think usually the story I tell, whether it's accurate or not, because we're all flawed <laughs> when it comes to memory, <laughs> is, right. you know, I'm from Little Massachusetts, and I have an older brother, Chris. He's three and a half years older, and we shared a bedroom together. And he was good at art, and I think the jealousy of him <laughs> kind of getting accolades uh, and attention I think I think it was my aunt that came home one day and gave him like a big art set, and uh, we were so close to each other in the same bedroom, a tiny little bedroom. Yeah. And uh, I think I just started drawing and coloring with him, and then from there it was this kind of sibling rivalry. I think it was it was pretty good. It wasn't, you know, uh, nothing malicious, but he's still yeah. actually in art too. He went oh. down the graphic design. We actually have so much of like overlap through everything we did. Wow. Yeah, I think you, I read that you went to school together for the first time, art school. Is that right? Yeah, we went to uh, Mass Art in Boston. I convinced him to go back because he was in this dead-end job doing, like, uh, printing on cups. And uh. he was like, that's fine. And I was like, no, no, no. Let's just apply, <laughs> do the SATs, and then we'll see if we can get you in. And then him and I both got accepted. We were freshmen together at Mass Art. Nice. And we've taken kind of the journey together since uh, he ended up, when I moved to New York, I worked at Ralph Lauren as a in the art department, and uh, my wife and I got him a job there too. So he's still there. <laughs> wow! How about yeah. that? Oh, that's wonderful. So, what was your medium and and genre as you know as a, a teenager and trying to figure out which direction you were heading? What were your favorite things to do? Well, kids are all into cartoons and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. I was into uh, I think uh, I was into comics, and Chris was into comics too. So whatever comic he liked, I couldn't like it. I had to like the other one. So (laughs) I think I was like a Wolverine guy, and he was like a Spider-Man guy. And he would draw comics um, when he was in high school. And I would draw comics. So it was more of like copying. I I never wanted to like like illustrate a book or something. And then I think, um, you know, just we were into like G.I. Joe and Transformers and stuff. Typical. Yeah. Typical boy stuff. <laughs> and, and what were you using? Markers or paints? or? Yeah, no paints. I didn't no really, paints no oil paints, I think, until I was in uh, college. So I started out just with marker, drawing. Uh, we did some pen and ink, a lot of pen and ink. So whatever Chris did, I did. And he would do Sharpie, I think, with just some uh, other markers to color it in. And I would just do these copies of Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee covers, which are just yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I still actually have a couple of them. Oh, I don't know how they it. survived. Love it. Yeah. You'll have to put it in one of your books for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so then you went to school in Boston, and then I think you ended up in New York going to school, right? Yeah, kind of. What happened was I went to Boston in uh, 2001, I think. I graduated, and then Chris took the Van Wilder approach, the, like, seven-year approach. <laughs> so he, like, you know partied and took every elective that he could which is actually a a really good thing I think so he really took his time to think about uh, everything yeah so what I did was I moved home after mass art to kind of get my bearings and I really it was a tough time and I didn't know if I wanted to do art anymore it was kind of like you have this talent and everyone kind of pushes you almost like how Andre Agassi at the age of four was almost like a pro tennis player but his dad was the one who was kind of pushing him to do it all sure so I wanted to make sure that what I was doing was not because people tell you you have talent, you should do this thing. I needed to kind of test myself. And I tried to take it out of my life, I think, for three to three to five months. And I was a mailman, which was mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. And I got bit by a dog, of course. I was going to say, gosh, watch yeah. those dogs. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, so I took it out. And then I tried to... Uh, I tried to stay away from it, but I knew right away when it, it just came back in, I just couldn't not do it, that it was, uh, that I was going for it full force. 
so after that, it was like I, I was in Lowell, and it was kind of like, let's just – I remember I was working construction because I worked as a mailman for 90 days, and then they couldn't rehire you because you'd have – it was a union. So I ended up working in um, – uh, man, almost by Concord doing concrete forms. And I remember being there talking to this one guy who was there. And, uh, you know, older than me, and he, I just said, you know, what is it that you wanted to do? And he was like, I wanted to be like an artist like you, uh, <gasps> kind of like what you desire. But yeah. he was like, but, you know, I'm kind of stuck here because I got a kid and, you know, got to pay the bills and all this stuff. Yeah. And I think like a week later, I just quit. It just kind of rung a bell that like yeah. you can get stuck here right. uh, if you don't want to be here. And I think within a week or two, I moved on to my parents' basement, uh, moved into Boston, I was sleeping on like a floor of a friend's house for like a couple months, I think. And then eventually um, just a lot of serendipitous moments where you meet people and then like you're on your journey now. So the doors are just starting to open strangely. Right. And I remember I followed, um, well, a friend was moving to New York and she said, "Um, why don't you come move here? And I was like, if you could get me a job, I'd do it. So at that time I had transitioned to being a waiter in Boston at Vendy's Testa's. Remember Vinny's Testas? No, I don't. Oh, Italian restaurant. It's so good. Vinny. My, so she, my sister would. She spent a lot of time down there, but go ahead. It was like right on Boylston Street, so okay. it was it was like nightlife was fun. and Yeah, sure. Trying to figure it all out. So she had got a job at the Plaza Hotel as a waitress, and I said, if you can get me a job there. You know, I went down and visited her. Now, what happened was the, the manager loved her. He was in love with her, and she just said, <laughs> You need to hire him right now. And he's, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, fun. And, and, it, and it started. It was kind of like, well, come in next week. Here's our test that you have to take. It was fine dining. And uh, next thing you know, I moved there. So it was kind of like one little step at a time. Yeah. And then after about a year in New York um, as a waiter, a friend had got a job at Ralph Lauren. And he said, do you want to work at Ralph Lauren, the art department? And I said, sure. And he knew somebody, you know. So I applied and I got it, and uh, I think I stayed there for about a year, and then it just was like I know I don't want to do this. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't a big corporate kind of guy, and uh, I ended up going to San Francisco. So you're getting like the long version. Oh here. wow! So what? What? Yeah. What? What brought you there? Well, it, it was kind of like the door had opened, you know, you, you, and I see it a lot now too of like people that stay in their hometown and then they don't leave. So yeah. my mom had like all these big ambitions of she could, I think she could have made it as a professional basketball player. And I think her thing was like, you know, follow your dreams and uh, just keep going. And Mm. once the doors opened, I was like, well, this is New York, which I, I never thought I'd live in Boston. Yeah. And then I went to New York Right. and I was like, well, what's the next step? And I thought, um, maybe I'll try animation. And I applied for the Academy of Art University for a master's in animation and they accept 100% of the applicants, which was awesome. Okay. And then I uh, I think I just, I kind of dilly-dallied. I got accepted, and then I was like, oh, I'll do it in three months. And then finally, I just went on Craigslist and got an apartment in the middle of the city, and I was like, I'm doing it. I'm coming. And I remember I went out there with, uh, it was like one bag of clothes, and I was in my flip-flops, <laughs> you know, in like a tank top, because everyone thinks San Francisco is sunny. Sure. And the first thing I did when I got off the airport was go right to Macy's and buy a sweatshirt because it was so freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how funny. Yeah. Gosh. So you stayed in – did you work in animation after that? I didn't. You know, the thing with animation was um, all the – I had a degree in illustration from MassArt. And it's very go find your own work kind of thing. So freelance is really where it's at. And I thought I do like – I would like to work for a company. I don't think it's in fashion, but maybe it's, I think The Incredibles had just come out and I was like fascinated yeah. by just the world and how, how much evolved it was and that love for cartoons and you know comics when I was a kid. Sure. So I, I, my degree was in 3D animation and mm-hmm. I went there and opened Maya, the program once, and I was like, I'm gonna switch degrees because I'm not gonna do this. <laughs> If you thought Photoshop was crazy, oh, this no. was like this was like a million buttons everywhere. So that's why they have a hundred percent acceptance rate because it's about a fifty percent change, right? 
yeah, a lot of people. So I ended up going into 2D animation, and then for the next year, it was uh, it was great, and it was kind of that uh, growth into being a, an adult too, kind of like sure. further away from your parents you can get. Yeah. You're living alone. My parents weren't helping me anymore, mm-hmm. and um, and then I finally I was getting into debt because <laughs> of grad school, and yeah. you know the predicament that the educational system is with um, allowing sure. student loans and all that stuff. Yeah. So I ended up taking a break. And uh, and I remember the, the pivotal point, in, and it's in the book, my story, is that I met mm-hmm. Warren Ching uh, out there. And he was the link back to everything that I did want to do. I loved Norma Rockwell. I, when I went to I'm Bath sorry, Art, did I, you say everything you, you didn't want to do? Everything I did want to do. Oh, did want to do. Okay, yeah. so, so up to this point, you'd really had no classical art training. Nothing. Okay, yeah. go ahead. so go ahead. Yeah, so I I trained as an illustrator, but I still, I, I didn't know color. I didn't sure. know light. I couldn't draw. I could draw pretty well, but it was not like a system. Okay. And when I met Warren, he basically was like the link. They force you into um, almost like a classical approach when you mm-hmm. get into there, even if you're going to do something like animation. So crossing paths with him, I went in every day and we would talk just about Norma Rockwell and all these great illustrators and painters and he said, he's like, are you sure you want to be an animator? And I said, not really. I think I'm trying to figure it out. I always want to be like a painter or uh, like Norma Rockwell. And he had loved Rockwell too. So he basically said, look, if if you ever go back east, which is where you're from, uh, you should look up these artists. And one was Max Ginsburg. I think Mm -hmm. he gave me Jacob Collins' name. And he gave me a list of like Stephen Assell and Harvey Dinerstein and a lot of the kind of big giants that were teaching for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so what I did was I took I took the summer off, and then I uh, I just dug into that list, and I moved back with my parents to Methuen, Mass. They were in now, and I was like, it's so boring here. <laughs> so I just got in a car and like went to New York, and. Basically, um, I went to go see my old boss at Polo, and she said, can you work? And I said, I, I mean, I could. And she's like, we need you. Can you start Monday? And I said, <laughs> if you want to give me this rate, I'll do it. And she did it. So yeah. I was back in New York and back in, like, the thick of, like, well, let's dig into that list. Yeah, sure. And that's what I did. So I, I just went knocking on everyone's door and emailed them just with no care of, you know, maybe they'll respond, maybe they won't. But just really um, – curious to see what everybody had to say so from there that's when you got into the classical drawing i believe yeah i i think i had i emailed max he met up with me because max will max like the nicest guy in the world and then i emailed jacob and he said come in for an interview and uh bring your portfolio and um max was like i'm too old i think it was like i don't even know 78 at the time Wow. And he said, uh, I'm not really teaching. Like, if you want to stop by the Art Students League and uh, paint with me on Saturdays, right? It's free. You just paint together and you'll learn a lot from kind of watching me. Yeah. And Jacob was like, uh, when I went in with him, he looked at my portfolio and wasn't impressed at all. And I thought, like, you're not impressed at all? All this <laughs> training? And uh, it definitely was kind of like, leave your ego at the door. Yeah. And he he put me into the, you know, he pushed me. He basically said, um, why don't you go do a cast drawing at the Grand Central Atelier? Because at the time, Water Street and Grand Central were different. Okay. And he said, why don't you go do a cast drawing? Come back and show me what you do when you're done with it. And that's when I was just like, I don't know. What the hell is a cast drawing? <laughs> so I, I did read about that part in your book. And, I, and what I'm really interested to know is... Um, because I've heard other artists talk about this, is is the learning to slow down yeah. part and how you were just blown away by, you know, the amount of time people were putting in on these drawings. So how did yeah. that feel and how did you a- adjust to it? And clearly, you know, the advancements that it made in your work. Talk about that a bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have to say, I, I, I thought at the time, like, who is this person to ask me to go do a long long drawing like this so i enrolled and just said like i'm gonna go show him you know the, the basketball player in me was like i'm just gonna go kick kick ass and, and i'll show him so it was definitely like a little bit of ego but it was like you know who who is this guy to ask me to do this thing 
And I just remember it's it's like those old, you know, Robinson Crusoe in the port right before they go on the boat at the beginning of the story, mm-hmm. uh, or or no, not Robinson Crusoe, um, Moby Dick. Oh yeah, and it's like just fog, and you're just like you start to see all the people that are on this weird quest. You know, Star Wars has it when they go in the cantina. Yeah. So it's like I just remember this really tall guy Bob, and he was like six six, and he just like hobbled over, and he was like, "Whoa, welcome." So it was like this giant and like, and I was like, <laughs> so I remember asking him and I said, you know, how long does it take somebody to do this? Cause I thought I'd bang out a drawing and then show him next week. And yeah. he said, it, it takes like three weeks, three months. And I was like, three months. Like what, what are you all doing? <laughs> like it's a cast. It's a little cast of like an ear. Uh, okay, let's go. And I, and I had to just learn to like really leave my ego at the door. And I started to write everything down, which was a habit I learned in grad school because I would fall asleep if I didn't. Yeah. And I would write everything down. And I had this wonderful instructor, Kimmy, uh, Kimmy Davis. She's now Kimmy Salas. And um, she was just perfect. She was like motherly and like, just like, slow down, you can do this. She was that very gentle, like, yeah. it's all about just patience. And she actually puts patience on her, on her syllabus. And I mm-hmm. thought, who puts patience on a syllabus? <laughs> But she was great. So she really was like, I was like, all right, just take me through step by step. And I'm not going to go any fast or slow. It's really just at the pace you tell me to go. And did you say they were all using an, an HP pencil? Yeah. It was just like this long hypodermic needle looking thing. And it was like an eraser and yeah. just wow. a lot of people. And it was quiet. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Because in animation, it's the complete opposite. You're doing these. We would go and do these like five second poses to get the gesture sure. and then 20 seconds and then one minute and then five minute and then 10 and then 20. Yeah. So by the time you got to like 20, it felt like forever. <laughs> All right. You know? Right. Oh my. All right. So how long did it take you? And then what, did you bring it back to Jacob? I think I did. I think it was about three months is how okay. long it took. And uh, I really was just, there was a painting in the story in the art of still life i start with uh lemon and Scree- Le- lemon and Scree by jean leon jerome and when i was at mass art that was the painting i would look at every single day and mm-hmm. just go how did somebody do this mm-hmm. and the french academic tradition was so intertwined with what i was doing that it started to like click and be like this is it this was from 1999 it's now 2000 uh, six. Yeah. I now was like, oh my gosh, this is what I was looking for the whole time in this long wow. journey around the country yeah. to get there. Yeah. So I did. It took me about three months, and then um, Cami wrote me a recommendation letter. Water Street was, you know, it was like you were in Jacob's garage, his carriage house, in his in his home, and I was like, all right, well. And I just remember I went in, and it was totally that ninja, you know, old. It's like in, did you ever see the movie Kill Bill at all? I did. Yeah, I hate to say, but yeah, parts of it with my mom, but yes. Yeah, the, the second part was more of the story. Yeah. But there's always like this guru kind of, there's always this uh, character that's like, you know, um, I'm, or Karate Kid, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Miyagi, like do these exercises. The student doesn't know why they're doing them. They get right. frustrated and then you fight them and you're like, you just learn how to do this, right? And I remember Jacob. Jacob's was like that. It was this this journey to go do this thing that you need to learn before you can even consider this. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in there that day for the second interview, co- pretty confident about the drawing, and and it was just going so bad. <laughs> and I was <laughs> no. like, I would. I just remember I was like that moment where I was just like, I'm not getting in. Wow. I'm not getting in. Yeah. And because uh, he would do this, he would do this production. It was beautiful if it was a movie. He would go look at the computer. He would go look at my portfolio. He would go, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like really, really breaking that ego down. And that was yeah. his job. Yeah. Until finally he said, um, I said, look, I, I really want to learn this and uh, I'll do whatever I can to, to, to get in here. And if not, I'll, I guess I'll have to find some someone else to teach me this. And he said, um, he said, uh, show up on Monday with a pencil and a paper and, <laughs> and it was just this begrudging like just show up on my with a pencil and paper i'll see what i can do with you <laughs> yeah and it was just kind of this huh. it, 
really felt like somebody just bashed me, but I, but it was like needed. It was necessary. Sure. Yeah. So when I got in there, it was like, I was like, all right, same method that I was doing with Cammy. I'm writing everything down and you're going to walk me through everything. And that's what I did. Wow. Awesome. So, okay. So jump from there to where did your, where, where and when did your career take off that you, you know, um, how'd it go? How'd yeah, you, how'd it, it go from that to painting? Well, one of the interesting things is that, you know, I never, I can't say I ever was like, I wanted to be a classical painter or anything, or okay. I, I never wanted to like do still lies or anything. Okay. But I, but what I did was I wanted that skill set of being able to kind of understand light, understand drawing, understand color and do all these things. And Jacob, the other part that what he does really well is he beats your ego down by saying, it's going to take you 10 years and you're not going to make any money. You know? okay. yeah. And this is like 2006, I think. And I was like, I just had like 10 years of no money. Like, this is <laughs> terrible. Can yeah. I do it? And I was like, it doesn't matter. I still want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, you know, I think 2006, 2006, I ended up uh, going to Water Street. I ended up taking a year off and doing uh, GCA at night because I was broke. And I went back at Polo and worked there full-time during the day and then finished up GCA for another year. So it brought me to about 2010. But I was also painting with Max at the same time. So I was getting this direct and indirect oh, approach. Okay. And I knew that, like, I, I didn't want to do one. I wanted to do both. Yeah. And, I, you know, everybody that you meet has something to, to teach us. So Jacob basically said, don't study with Max. It's going to get in the way of, you know, uh, trying to learn this thing. And mm. I was like, okay. And then I still did. <laughs> but I get it. And he, yeah. he he's definitely right. I think it's um, it could be counterproductive if you're trying to mash all these ideas together and be like, how yeah. do they fit together? Because they don't always. Right. So I, I think 2010 is when I quit in March. I think it was my birthday. And I was just like, I just had way too much training and I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's take a year and just like put it, get it out. Like get it all out. And were you were you at the time painting still life or figurative or what was the the, the genre? Ad, yeah, the atelier method was that you go in the first year and you do cast drawing. Okay. The, the second year was cast painting. Yeah. Um, but you do figure drawing in the afternoons, and then you do figure grisaille in the afternoons. The second year, you then work into a, a the third year is like a, a limited palette. So you're doing figure all day, and then you kind of get into like figure and then projects like you could do still life you could do landscape so there were all these like little offshoots like the hudson river landscape which i went to and it was kind of like you can dabble in all these things and see which one you like and uh yeah so i didn't do i did like two still lives and they were so quick and bad i have them just to remind myself (laughs) uh but that's all i did when i was there and then when i was done i just thought i'm working during the day I'm not going to hire a figure at night. Like I'm talking about, I'm coming home at like eight or nine. I'm a night owl. So my wife, Gina would like go to bed. And I was like, well, what is it that I could do to maximize my time and uh, get this information out? And uh, I think I just was like, let's just dig into your interests and things that were just laying around. I think I bought some globes and some acorn squash or something. And uh, just was like, well, can you even render that thing, you know? <laughs> and uh, it eventually led to, like, the drinks because I was mm-hmm. like, well, I like to have a good cocktail. And instead of doing lemons and limes and pots and yeah. the same fruit that kind of everyone does when they start out, could I spin it a little bit? Could I just take that thing and then put it into something else? And cocktails was like this world of, you know, every cocktail has a garnish. And I just thought I could, I could put a... I could put an orange in with a sidecar because it's like a citrusy drink. And then um, I just played with that for a while. Nice. Okay, so so when did you start making money with your art? When did it become a career that you were in some galleries? And you, ouch. And you maybe, I know you started teaching. And when did that happen? And, and when did you feel like things, you know, career-wise sort of took off? Such a great question. It's always been... A bit of like I don't know, when? like the whole thing has been <laughs> doubtful. Like of like just, it, it was almost like 
I don't know if I would say the stupidity of still going through it, knowing like you're probably not going to make any money. But I was just like, I'm not doing it for that. You right, know, like right. that's that's not why I'm doing it. And yeah. that was the whole like taking it out of my life and seeing if, you know, I get a paycheck being a right. mailman. Yeah. So it was around 2010, 2011. I got into Cavalier Gallery, um, which was a good step right out of school. I think I had like three or four still light paintings. Cami mm. and I had kind of started a school in Brooklyn. And then it didn't really go anywhere. She ended up getting pregnant and we kind of... The, the school fizzled out and then after that it was just mass art reached out to see if I wanted to teach and then um, I would say like my career really started to move anywhere in like 2013 so I was in Cavalier didn't really do a lot for me and then a buddy of mine was in Ray's gallery mm-hmm. and he said uh, I, I went to his show and I was like are they are they good people like he was like they're just the best family and it's Howard, Amy, Lance, and Alyssa, and they care. They care. They call me up right now if they don't hear from me for, for a week wow. and just say, like, are you okay? <laughs> so because Polo was, like, two blocks down from them, yeah. I was back at Polo, and I was taking my lunches every day and going there. Uh-huh. And they were just, like, I'm like a wallflower, <laughs> you know. <laughs> nice. So that was really – that was, the, that was the, the big move for me that was, like, okay. I got in with them. Now, Cavalier Gallery had sold like one painting in two years. So there's there's a joy in getting into a gallery, but then there's also the sadness of not having anyone buy your work, right? Mm-hmm. And Cavalier had sold like one painting in two years. And then Howard was like, look, if we're going to take you on, you can't sell it Cavalier because they're, they're literally right next to us. <laughs> right. And he said, it's just too close. So he's like, we'll give you a shot. And then if you want to make a decision, that's fine. That first day, he bought a painting, and then that first week, he sold two more. And I was like, well, that's better than the one I sold over two years. Yeah. And uh, that move, I basically pulled out a Cavalier and said, like, let's see where the Rays can take me. And ever since then is the uh, the birth of my career is really when the teaching started to uh, be the supplemental thing on the side. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Love it. So um, talk about your teaching a little bit. Um, uh, you said you, you teach virtually at, um, what, what was that? Where? Yeah. California? Yep. The same college I went to for grad school, the okay. Academy of Art University. So I think it was 2012. They had a friend of mine, Kevin Weasty, was teaching there. And he said, um, they're looking for online instructors and you have your classical background. You'd be perfect for mm-hmm. like analysis of form, which is really, can you draw the fundamentals of ellipses and perspective and structure? And I said, I'd love to do it. So they hired me, and then I've been teaching there online since, since 2012. So, wow. yeah, in 2011, when it was like, when all this happened, or is it 2020, we're in 11 now, <laughs> when um, coronavirus hit, it was kind of like, well, I'm already, I've already been doing this for a long time. And, um, so from there, it was just like I could I knew I could do it myself. Yeah. And the academy was getting low enrollment, and I was like, well, I could just I could just start to run it and teach it. And since then, now I'm just teaching an online still life class, and uh, it's phenomenal. It's the the beauty of it is that um, I prefer to teach in person, yeah. but there's there's always a pro and a con. And the pro is that I can get students international. Uh, who really aren't going to be able to come over and study with me to uh, yeah. to work together. And in Zoom, you can basically share a screen. Right. So when you're doing demonstrations, the Everyone hardest thing is like, to see. Yeah, yeah, it's like trying to get everybody. So it's like, you, can you all see this? And I'm going to paint really high or like to the side and everybody gets over here. It's like, <laughs> no, it's, it's just a screen share now. It is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really flourished and patreon um is another outlet uh oh, okay. but yeah just a a lot of online stuff i mean nice. i'm gonna get back into teaching um in person too but yeah and so do you teach there in connecticut in person or i mean did you before and i haven't yet i had taught at the weathersfield academy and they okay. asked me to come back but okay. i had all these workshops kind of lined up because the book was starting to get good press eric rhodes wrote a a great um review of it and james gurney wrote a good review of it too 
Well, there and, you go. Uh, <laughs> I know. Those, there. <laughs> I, I was honored that they would even take the time to read it. And then Eric was like really promoting it. And I was like, yeah. we didn't even pay you to, to do that review. That's yeah. an amazing review. Yeah, well, he, but he really very highly of it. Um, so you, I think you said in the book that you wrote it because it was what you wished you had in your hands as a student that you, you know, could have found so valuable, yep. you know, starting out. So um, tell us how it, how it came about and the, the topics that you're covering in there. Yeah, you know, I, every time I teach and I have my students, I thank them at the end because they help me be a better, I can articulate better because of them. Sure. But they're always the reason why I'm, I'm going to write another book. It's, it's like, is there a void? Uh, so what happened in 2000? I'll tell another story because I love to tell stories. Let's have it. <laughs> it was 2011 or 2012. I had, I had placed in the Artist Magazine, and I was living in Westchester, and this woman, Dorothy Lorenz, had reached out and said, hey, I love your painting. Do you teach around here? And I had just moved there, and I was like, how amazing is this? Because like, <laughs> I was teaching in, um, around Concord, a group of three students, and she was like, we have a group of three. Would you want to do a group? And I was like, that's perfect. So it kind of really worked out this transition over to Westchester. And there's always an awe of the classical training, I think, because too many colleges right now don't have it. Yeah. And it's, they're tangible things that you can grab onto and make sense of. So when you get into that scenario and you're teaching that, there's always just a ton of questions of like, what's the methodology? Where do you start with? And um, I ended up teaching with that group, I think, for four years with Dorothy, and she was just amazing. And she she started winning awards. She lives in Andover now, so I don't think too far. Okay. I know you're a Massachusetts, right? Yeah. Oh, she's in Andover, Mass. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought we were. Okay. So, so she, she, I always say, is like the reason why I was starting to think about a book yeah. and be like, well, I need to put it in an order yeah. because it's not so ordered. But if you put it in an order and then you can pull, it's like knowing where your tools are in your studio. Then you can, then you can make the decision to say, I'm going to go over here and grab this one this time. And all those questions, I think the group got to six or eight people. And then just the questions were just, you know, what about this? And it was like, well, I got to go home and think about it because I don't totally know. But I'll come up with something that uh, is tangible that breaks down a little bit. So I always thank them for you know i wrote the book for them and that's why at the beginning their all their names are listed nice wonderful yeah so, it's always the void it's like when they go is there a still life book and i'm like i just don't know one and instead of being cynical i'm like yeah. well why don't i why don't i be the book why don't i write it <laughs> yeah yeah and so many people say that you know still life is one of the foundations right it's like one of the basic things that you should yeah. study to master all, yeah, of, the, all of the concepts that you need. The classical um, order used to be that, um, you know, you come out and you do still life. You start in still life, and then you work into um, landscape, and then the portrait and narrative and biblical. So there would be this kind of, like, hierarchy of it all. Right. And I think Emil Carlson, there's a quote in there. From yeah, him that's I like, just opened to it. <laughs> yeah. It's long, but the very end is still life painting the very surest road to absolute mastery over all technical difficulties yeah so like if you can't paint a fruit you're not going to paint a portrait really well so why not start here and then end like yeah. work on the basics but then also work on where you want to go with it right and then i think it's broken up your book's broken up quite nicely to um i mean just so much information which is fabulous but to sort of Allow yourself to really focus on one topic at a time, right? And and it's so it's so difficult, you know. Just paint that orange. Focus on just color today, just form today, just composition, you know. Yeah. Or for yeah. months on end, it should be. And and I think that you did a really nice job with that. Thank you. In each chapter, and of course the the photographs are gorgeous. I mean, this is like really, it's like a coffee table book. You want to just keep it out and constantly look through and so it's such a nice mix of both which um i think is sort of unusual but well and that was um the contract too victoria was like you know you need to find i think it was like 400 uh images for the book 
and I was like 400 images or something. So the contract I think was 60, 50 to 60,000 words or 40 to 50. Mm. I gave them 60 to 70, which is what I always do. <laughs> and then I was like, well, you are going to get an editor, so I'm sure you can edit this down. And then after that, it's like, you know, I took my animation background and I storyboarded everything. And I was like, if I'm going to compartmentalize this or think nice. about it as a process, where do you start when you're painting? And I thought, it's usually the idea. But let's start in the studio with the things that you're going to need. Mm-hmm. And then go to the idea. So how are, what are just some ideas that people have used throughout history? And, you know, it doesn't always have to be narrative. It could just be poetic and, like, I love this beautiful fruit. Right. And then from there, it was, like, I think lighting um, and composition and then drawing, color, and then form. So it was, like, compartmentalizing each step mastering it and then adding them up to at at the end together and and for you in your own art journey what at what point in your journey would this kind of information that you've put together have been most valuable i do think at the beginning but but you know it's one of those um it's one of those interesting things that like what would have happened if somebody gave that to me when i was 18 Mm -hmm. you know would i have read it would I have I know, just taken right. it for granted? And Warren was actually a good one for that, too, because Warren gave out, he had these PDFs that he gave out of Andrew Loomis books. And he said, I'm not going to give it to you for free, even though it's free. I'm going to make you pay me 50 cents for it because you're going to now see value in the thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like if you get it free, you just toss it in a corner. It's kind of like, but if you pay for it, you may actually uh, consider it a little bit more. There's so many life lessons with Warren, too, that and I'm, yeah. we're friends. I talk to him all the time now. Mm. I think um, going through something systematically like that, too, will help reveal your your blind spots in your own work, right? Yeah. Or should. Uh, yeah. Should help with that. Uh, what do you find teaching the students that you've taught? What do you find to be the greatest thing lacking in the, the people that come to you that you need I, to really sure up? Yeah, it's a great question. I think what's interesting about colleges right now are that there's this kind of modernist approach to it all and then the classical is thrown to the side so even in history classes i didn't know who bouguereau was i didn't really know who jerome was i didn't know who any of the french academic tradition was which was an extension of the italians all the ninja turtles as i say (laughs) you know and it's like they basically history books tend to basically jump over um figurative work in the uh in the 20th century Mm -hmm. and then go right to abstract expressionism and impressionism but impressionism came out of the classical and i think it's important to put them together to see Mm -hmm. that Sargent studied with basically an atelier setting and then went on and they started to loosen up and then theory came in play so when you get into these colleges i hate to say colleges not all of them but a lot of them are kind of this smorgasbord of ideas and then you just say like this is art it's expressive and it's also technical and uh i think it confuses everyone it's basically like if you were to say we've got um eddie van hillen over here and he's going to show you how to play the guitar but he's also going to just throw it down some steers because it's going to make some noise and that's valid too (laughs) you know and you're like well is is the point that we're just making sound right so it, it gets it almost like the theory outweighs the practice of it and the technical side of it and I think when the theoretical side came back in, which is why the atelier movement has been so big, yeah. it's really helped. It's flourished. And everybody was, I think, looking for it. Right. right. And uh, that's what I get. It's like... Well, it's a it's a cyclical pendulum, right? It's going to yep. continue to Absolutely. keep going. So we're definitely heading back to, you know, more of the classical realism. Um, what do you feel about, um, you know, entering competitions and trying to get in these societies and all that is that something that you do or think people should try to pursue i think it's a good mm-hmm. idea um you know when i when i first came out in like 2010 2011 max was i think he was doing the Salma Gandhi club he was doing allied artists he was doing um hudson valley art association so he was doing a lot of art renewal center all these calls and he was like you should do it because the prize is huge if you win it's 10 grand i think for arc 
and then you could win like a thousand or two thousand dollars if you're top prize. So for me, I just thought it's a way to build my resume, and for any gallery to really, I think, take you seriously, they they kind of do want to see that you have a, uh, a CV or resume <laughs> built, and I think it's good to just show because you'll know, you'll know the whole gamut of like you got to frame your work, you got to ship your work, you got to varnish your work, you have to think about um, just the whole everything. Mm-hmm. Talk to a person who wants to buy it. They don't like the frame. What are you going to do? Right. And um, and getting into shows and stuff like that forces you to like deliver it and then see the rest of the competition. Hopefully, win some cash and then from there build your resume. So mm-hmm. early on, I had I had won some some good awards, mm-hmm. which is um, like the that's how Dorothy found me. I was in the Artist Magazine, um, okay. yeah. and then I think. The Portrait Society of America, I had won first place, I think it was three years in a row for Still Life. Um, it was almost like at the point I was like, I don't even want to enter because I feel so bad. Why you? Why do they keep picking me? <laughs> you know, like, I appreciate yeah, it once. Give someone else a turn, Tom Brady. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, oh, I need eight more Super Bowls. But then I won a couple other, like, allied artists. I won a gold medal. And um, nice. it was good. It was like all those little things that sure. you can put on your resume and then... Um, well, they're also affirming, I think, too, for your, mm-hmm. for your. And own people, people self. see your work, and I think when it came time to write the book, when I did the proposal for Victoria, she was like, "Yeah, you, you're established. You've been right. selling for years. Um, you have my my CV is like ten pages now." So, she was like, "You definitely are, are doing a lot with the show because there's the marketing side and the advertising and, they, and a lot of the time they want you to bring this to it now with like wow. Instagram and social media and MailChimp and yeah. you know newsletters and stuff like that. Wow, nice. So what is success for you personally as an artist? Um, that's such an interesting question. <laughs> uh, for me it's just I think it's just the ability to really be a kid and and play around with the ideas and move through my interests all the time that's success to me it's not monetarily it's mm-hmm. just um and that's what all those jobs that i left you know when you like when i was at ralph lauren it was like i remember i would i was reading a lot of joseph campbell at the time mm-hmm. and it was like you may find that you're climbing the the wall and realize that you scaled the wrong mountain you know mm-hmm. so for me it was kind of like going back to like the mailman and all that stuff I was doing this for me, and um, hopefully along the way I was hoping to make money. <laughs> right. But right. Uh, but it's it's done pretty well now. And the books and you know the way I think about my business is like my books are, are geared around my paintings yeah. and my teaching. Yeah. So the center is the thing I want to do, and then the rest, which is still things I want to do, uh, are built around it. Beautiful. And what about, um, what do you have dream-wise, something you'd like to do in the future, the next five years, say? Yeah, I, Besides I'm always, pumping out those next two books. <laughs> well, the, that book just got finished, which is why you and I were going back yeah, and forth yeah. on uh, trying to get a date down. Can't wait for um, it. Yeah, that's done. And um, I don't know. You know, I, I do want to maybe do some narrative paintings. Um perhaps some portraits and figures but I don't know just like it's just the idea of like being a kid and like following your interests and mm-hmm. if it leads to something cool if not you know you're like at least I tried it and right uh, right and at least like you said for success you have the means to allow yourself to do that and that definitely is I think something that's very uh, successful especially yeah. for someone of your age to have reached so thank you um, and what is your website? Where can people find everything? We've got uh, you've got a Patreon, a website, an Instagram. What is it all? <laughs> um, well, www.toddmcasey.com. There was a second mass. Uh, there was a second Todd Casey illustrator at the same time when I was at Mass Art. So I started um, to put the M in there because okay. I got his financial aid, and they're like, "You get all this money," <laughs> and I was like, "Great!" And they're like. Oh, sorry, wrong Todd. <laughs> oh, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so as to avoid that confusion, I sure. ended up putting the M in there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I have that, and that's kind of like where uh-huh. I'll be posting workshops. Okay. Workshops, Patreon, it's kind of like the portal to sure. access everything. 
Okay. And then Instagram is always good. I'm putting those quick little time lapses up, which um, I think Instagrammers love because the intention span is like 15 seconds. That's right. <laughs> keep, keep them short. Yeah. And is that just Todd M. Casey as well, Instagram? Oh, yeah, at Todd M. Casey. And then there's Facebook. Um, but yeah, just I'm even on TikTok, but I don't recommend anyone go on TikTok because it's, <laughs> it's such a whole, a, a whole new world. It's so strange. Uh, nice. All right. Well, hey, we're going to look forward to keeping up with you and, and got a lot going on, a lot of great things. I would highly recommend people look out for this book and and purchase it. I mean, as I said, the, the uh, photographs are, are stunning and it's worthy of just a coffee table. If, if no one even yeah. reads it, it's just gorgeous. But so much valuable information in there. And um, I will say you you do put specifically a contemporary guide to classical techniques, composition, and painting in oil. So it's it's primarily for oil painters. Am I right to suggest that? Or yeah, I don't I don't think um, I think these concepts can um, the the one like outlier would I think just be watercolor because okay. watercolor is just such a different medium. But okay, if you paint in acrylic, I think yeah. it would work. It would work. Um, okay. I, sh- yeah. I just didn't know if that was there, like specific oil painters only, but yeah, I, or just that it was, you know, the classical tradition was primarily all oil. So, okay. Well, I I didn't even really. I mean, when it gets to like titles and stuff like that, or covers, that's when like the marketing team and Monticelli was like, "This is what we want to write, and this is what we feel like would sell." Right. And I was because I wanted the bugs on the cover. I was like, "That's just to me. It's like me being a kid, but." They were like, I don't think, I don't think the bugs are going to sell well. So. Why well, the painting um, on the cover? I think you have a video of. Am I right, or is it, or is it in your book where you broke it down, the creating uh, of that cover? I think it's yeah. in here. Yeah, I yeah. think it's in here in the back. You. Yeah, there's did it. a picture of me working on it. Yeah, and all the steps. Uh, just gorgeous. Really, really great. Thank you. Okay, well, it's been nice to have you on, and we will continue to follow your journey and. Look forward to seeing what's next for you. Thank you. Right. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. you got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.